Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in for our ongoing series, Salvation to All Who Obey. And uh, in part one, we just kind of laid a little bit of groundwork of, of why we're talking about what we are. And again, I'm not in any way saying that grace is not the component and faith, the 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 <laughs> the other integral part of salvation. I'm not negating those or saying we discard them in any way. What I'm saying is I have seen a Christian church doctrine that is so fascinated with grace, we never add anything else to it. We, we talk about how we do nothing. Uh, we just receive salvation via grace and belief and faith, um, and thereby you're saved, delivered, rescued. You're, you're done. You're you have hit the, the pinnacle of the whole purpose of life. Well done. <laughs> and, you know, we all know this. You get dunked and you move on. And I'm not coming against that necessarily in this. What I'm talking about, as I said in part one, was I'm trying to expand our understanding that if we believe and follow and yield our own thoughts and preconceived things that we've inherited from generations of, of questionable doctrine— we have to look at the yes and. Um, it's the wait, there's more type understanding that we could really apply to salvation. Um, again, our, our main text is Hebrews chapter 5, um, that, that Yeshua became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And again, obedience is very much left out. We, Although we say we're in the new covenant, we have forgotten what covenant means, and that the new covenant is still a covenant, and that the old covenant, as we talked about, the, the old covenant that preceded us, of course, it preceded Yeshua's death, burial, resurrection, ascension, Holy Spirit coming, Acts, Acts chapter 2, and all these things, yes, and of course, but we are still in a covenant, and if we believe Ezekiel is true, we have to give ourselves to understanding that the reason why New Covenant came is to enable us to walk in Father's statutes, laws, commands, and rulings. And it's this, again, to keep them and do them. And then we accomplish the Hebrews text. We receive the gift of salvation, which is nothing of our works, we're all talk, we're talking about something on the other side of our regeneration which is now it is evidenced let's say it this way the the receiving of the gift of salvation if we are really saved if we are really transformed and moved from death to life it absolutely must look like obedience obedience is the fruit on the tree of salvation if we are not walking changed according to the, the, the laws we live according to, and if we're not leaving behind our lawlessness, which is what Shaul Paul was always talking about, leaving the ways of the nations, leaving the idolatry, then, friend, I say, we might not be saved. We, not, we might not have really truly received this gift of salvation that, again, we did not earn, 
Because there's no evidence, according to the Word of God, that now, because we've received this and we've covenantally joined ourselves with, with Father's ways extended to us, maybe we're not what this says. Maybe we're not His people, and maybe He's not our Elohim. Somebody has to say this, because otherwise we're just, we're, we are continually producing reproductions of the errant doctrine that we have all inherited. And we're just, make a decision, Timmy. Make a decision, Susie. Make a decision, Bobby. Did you make a decision? Yes. I asked Jesus into my heart. Okay, mission accomplished. Next. But what about obedience? What about a sign by our life that we are a people who are governed by a different set of governmental order? Rules, regulations, statutes. So that's what we're trying to get at. Now I want to talk a little bit. There's going to be two camps in this. We're going to maybe extrapolate on this a little bit. We're just going to have to see how it goes. And we're going to start reading a whole bunch of Bible verses. I just labeled camp one. There's basically two camps. And we alluded to that a little bit in part one and do all the time here. There's, there's only two people. I, I said it in part one. You've got those in covenant and those outside of covenant. That That's it. Um Camp one, wicked, lawless, transgressors, those outside of covenant and those in unbelief, okay? And so let's let's look at some verses about that, that that maybe would lend to some thinking about explaining what that what that means biblically. Um, Psalm 119, 153 through 155. See my affliction and rescue me, for I do not forget your Torah. Defend my cause and redeem me, restore my life through your word. Salvation is far from the wicked. Okay? Salvation is far from the wicked. Why? For they do not seek after your decrees. Okay? Here we are again. There is no way, if we really believe the Bible, and if we really believe it from beginning to end, as I always say, the the Christian doctrines have no problem quoting Psalms as the deer Pants by, okay, uh, we could go through a list. And I'm not making light of that, but I'm just saying Psalms is quoted, Psalms and Proverbs, but probably Psalms more than any because it's so huge, is quoted by every Christian who talks about the Bible ever. It leads the way. But verses like this, and then understanding towards what that was meaning, well, again, here we are, like, of course, as the deer and, and uh, covenantal blessings and covenantal promises and things that were for Israel, well, those do apply to us, yes, because we're grafted in. Okay, and well, then it says, restore my life through your word. I don't forget your Torah. Salvation is far from the wicked. And why is it far from the wicked? They don't seek after your decrees. They don't obey you, Father, the wicked, don't obey, okay? But for me, David, the author, the writer, of course, I do not forget your Torah. Why? Life, light, full of, of counsel according to how one who is marked as Yahweh's people, how they live. This is how you live. <laughs> this is how you govern yourself and your family, your household, okay? So again, we have do we do we I'm going to say this over and over. Do we believe Psalms in its entirety? Okay? 
Do we pick and choose? Yes. Yes to both of those. (laughs) But salvation, my point specifically right here, salvation is far from the wicked. So, okay, if you're wicked, and we're going to get to that, of course, of what, what it is. If you are wicked, lawless, in rebellion, salvation is not near to you. Salvation is not right here beckoning you, okay? It's far. It's distant. I mean, let's just use the Word of God for what it says and not create our own doctrine. Oh, but God loves everybody, Joel. He loves everybody. He's wooing everyone. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a black or white issue. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. But I'm just saying the Word of God says salvation is far from the wicked. It is not in close proximity. That is not my opinion. First mention of this is in Genesis 18. Wickedness. Wicked. Abraham's talking to Yahweh. He's talking about Sodom. And this is right before he starts, oh, if you only find 50. Oh, if you only find 40. Oh, oh, show them mercy, please. It's interesting dialogue. But in here, in this, we see distinction, which is why we're going to talk about Camp 1, wicked, lawless, transgressors, men of iniquity. And then later we're going to talk about the other side, Camp 2, if you will. And so these, these people of Sodom, of their condition, we're talking about that here in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17, Yahweh speaks to Abraham as they're having this, well, he's, let me start here. Uh, Yahweh's kind of talking with himself or maybe to his counsel, but maybe that's out there for some people. His counsel that he asks for opinion. Oh, what? I, you share this with some people like, whoa, whoa, whoa. God doesn't need any help. He doesn't need any. Read your Bible. Yahweh has a counsel that he goes before and, you know, they're like, hey, what do you think about this? That shifts some people's paradigm of who Yahweh is. Um, but in eighteen, chapter 18 of Genesis, we see this. Yahweh says, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of Yahweh Elohim by doing righteousness and justice. Okay, By doing righteousness and justice so that Yahweh may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Okay, this is covenant language. And, and because, because Abraham is a covenant-keeping, um, obedient man, these promises are coming to him. And again, this is preceding you know, the dialogue that they have that most of us know about sparing Sodom and, and Abraham pleading um, to save them. But, but this, let's hone in on this for a minute, that, that Yahweh is, is, is just declaring to whoever is insignificant. He's speaking these words that, that Abraham uh, keeps, keeps his ways by doing righteousness and justice. Um, and, and this, this, okay, by doing righteousness and justice positions Abraham to receive what is promised him, okay? The covenant is dependent, friend, upon what we do or do not do, okay? We have to understand this. Biblically speaking, our opinion means nothing, okay? So there is a contrast between the righteous and the wicked. Abraham, righteous, uh, Sodom, men of lawlessness, uh, self and self-governing, wicked, okay? 
Just like we saw in what? Salvation is far from the wicked. We saw that play out even in the natural, when in the natural, destruction came to those people, to those individuals. Okay? Judgment came. Destruction came to them. Why? Salvation, their rescue, their deliverance was far from them because they were people of lawlessness. It's a great warning to us and especially to to the people of Elohim because we see later in Scripture that it's going to be worse for many who are within the body of Messiah because they have been worse than the people of Sodom. We don't hear much about that from pulpits um, that I've been in front of. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters, okay, they had pride. Okay, this is more than just about immorality, sexually speaking, and, and you know, there's so much more to this. That was just a component. They had pride. They had excess of food, gluttony. They had prosperous ease, but they did not aid the poor and the needy. I had this conversation with an individual yesterday, and they said something that was a little bit harsh towards some other people. And I said, no, it sounds like America. It sounds like America to me. Gluttonous, excess, prideful, prosperous, at ease. But we're just not doing anything else beyond our own walls, beyond our own cravings. That was their guilt. Their main guilt was just they were just lawless and self-governing. We do what we want. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. And if you want it, go get it. Okay? The opposition, the complete opponent of a life surrendered to live as Yeshua. Suffering life. Okay? Denying our own um, will and way. Matthew chapter 23. Woe to you, Torah scholars and Pharisees, hypocrites! You tithe mint and dill and cumin, yet you have neglected the weightier matters of Torah, justice and mercy and faithfulness. Justice and mercy and faithfulness, the weightier matters of Torah. Okay, this goes back to why am I reading this? Abraham, righteousness, justice, obedience. Okay, How, and of course we know. Where was Abraham in the timeline? Was he walking out Torah? Well, not as we know that it was given, but we're going to get to that more later. There were, there were, there were laws intact, and Abraham obviously was righteousness was in righteousness and justice, keeping the ways of Yahweh. He was an obedient son. Um, it's necessary to do these things, Yeshua said, without neglecting the others. Psalm 119, 140. Your word is thoroughly refined, and your servant loves it. I am insignificant and despised, yet I have not forgotten your precepts. Your justice is righteousness forever, and your Torah is truth. Okay? So again, these this is a, a preceding age that is bound covenantally to Yahweh's Torah, to his perfect law, to his righteousness and justice. Okay? And by that, they are deemed men worthy of inheriting a promise, a covenantal promise. Why? Because back to the beginning here, which of course is in the other side of the timeline in history, but preceded in our study here, Yeshua, new covenant, became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Okay? Obedience, obedience, obedience. Are the Psalms still true? All of them. 
Are they only true to this individual and not to this one? This sect of people, but not to this sect of people? Well, we're Christians, and so that's not for us. Well, what what about this this promise that's covenantally uh, true for the Christian church in Psalms? Well, that one, yes. Yes, that's true for us. Okay, well, what about this, about your Torah is truth, and we live according to your righteousness, your mercy, your faithfulness, um, weightier matters of Torah that even Yeshua talked about. No, we don't do that. You understand this is a constant um, wall that we hit when we study the entire Word of God and what Yeshua and men like Shaul Paul really said. It is a wall that always shows up um, with a problem with our doctrinal understanding. Jeremiah chapter 33, there's a prophecy of a coming king. Behold, days are coming. It is a declaration of Yahweh when I will fulfill the good word I spoke concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah in those days. And at that time, I will cause a branch of righteousness to spring up for David. And he will execute what? Justice and righteousness. And in those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which he will be called Yahweh our righteousness, okay? Justice, righteousness. What? Inserted into a, a humanity of wickedness, rebellion, lawlessness, right? Okay? Are we following? I hope you're tracking with me. If not, just do your best to just stay along and maybe it'll make sense in the end. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 27. I will restore, restore your judges as at first, your counselors as at the start. Afterward, you will be called City of Righteousness, Faithful City. Zion will be redeemed with what? With justice. Her repentant with righteousness. Okay? Righteousness, justice, what? Here, we're talking about a future city of of righteousness. Zion will be redeemed, a redeemed people, redeemed land, where there's justice righteousness for the repentant. And here we are again, a contrast. There is an age that comes to an end, praise the Father, it's coming, where everything is restored, renewed, okay, redeemed to the utmost, and there is a new city that is marked by righteousness, faithfulness, and justice. But, okay, continues, but there will be a crushing of transgressors and sinners together. Forsaking Yahweh, they will be consumed. Now, what's a transgressor? Well, it's a sinner. What's a sinner? I mean, this is such elementary baseline belief, but like we have to do this. What's a trans- what is transgression? What is transgressing? Well, it's breaking of a law. Well, we're not under law. Okay, so what are we breaking? Well, we're just, we're disobeying Jesus, okay? Well, what does this say in Hebrews? We're reading it as our main text. Yeshua became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Well, what do we obey? Well, we just do what Jesus did. Friend, this is this is this should be a wake-up call to many people to say, "Oh my gosh, there are some things we've got to tend to." We've been walking around convinced we're saved, but there's no evidence of of being obedient to much of anything. Because listen, let's take even just the Ten Commandments, which of course are a summary, if you will, of the Torah. It is a summary of Torah, 
okay? All of that, and people have done this to great measure, and it's awesome to help people like me understand and learn. And they all point to the Torah is a, is a scattering of how they all play out, of how you do this, how you do that, how you do all these things, right? But let me just challenge you with this. Okay, so take the Ten Commandments. Take the Ten. Just think about them for a minute. I would submit most of those Ten Commandments you already did before you were saved. Before you were in salvation, you probably already kept most of the Ten Commandments. Right? Did you murder? Did you... All these things. I mean... And so what I'm, what's my point then? My point is, what is the purpose of salvation? What is the purpose then? Other than getting us saved to go to heaven one day, which we debunk here as not even being true. <laughs> what are we doing? What is it for? Other than, well, it sets us free from strongholds and sin and demons and being bad. And it gives me eternal hope. Okay, well, what about the obedience? What about the obedience then? Because this seems dependent upon our obedience, like men like Abraham, who sought out justice and righteousness and lived according to the precepts, laws, and statutes of the Father. And thereby, they became invited into the covenantal promises of the covenant instigator, Yahweh Elohim himself. And in this city, this future city that Isaiah's prophecy starts out with in chapter 1, we see there is righteousness, a redeemed people with justice, repentant ones. But transgressors, lawless ones, rebellers, ones who say, we don't answer to law, we don't need to obey, those are alongside sinners, transgressors and sinners, together, I'm reading that quote, there will be a crushing of those. Why? For forsaking Yahweh. And they will be consumed, friend. And we had better be careful when we start pointing the finger of who these transgressors are that the, the finger doesn't need to point right here. That's what I have done many, many, many countless times in my life. This is about me. I'm an idolater. I'm a transgressor. I'm a man of iniquity and I didn't even know it. Look at Isaiah, and then we'll move on. Isaiah, he's having all this stuff since we were just in chapter 1 of Isaiah. He's having all these incredible encounters. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. What does he say? The prophet Isaiah, I'm a man of unclean lips. Me, I'm unclean. Unclean, well, unclean doesn't matter anymore, Joel. Jesus made everything holy. No, no. I'm sorry, it's not a biblical principle. It is not. Moving on. Again, contrast, distinction. Wicked, righteous. Transgressors, keepers of law. Lawless, lawful. <laughs> there are differing conditions. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Wow, that, what, Psalm 1, 1. Wow, where do we start? Happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked, the transgressor, the lawless one, 
nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the Torah of Yahweh. I, I read these I, I, every day. Every day I read the Bible. And most times I read something like this, and I just I put my Bible down. I say, how in the world have we divorced ourselves and made Torah a curse word in Christianity? It is a supernatural blinding of eyes. Literally. It is supernatural. Because Psalm 1-1, <laughs> happy is the one whose delight is in the Torah of Yahweh. And on his Torah, he meditates day and night. That's a lot. <laughs> he, this one, who delights in the Torah and meditates on the Torah day and night, he will be, he, he who, I'm going to read this 40 times in 40 different ways. The one who delights in the Torah and the one who meditates on the Torah day and night, this one will be like a planted tree over streams of water, producing its fruit during its season. Its leaf never droops, but it, in all that he does, he succeeds. Now, okay, is this a prophecy in Isaiah? The one who is in Jesus, the Christian who is in Jesus, will be like a planted tree over streams of water? No, no, friend. Let's read the Word of God and let it speak to us and allow it to do what it says. The one who delights in the Torah of Yahweh. And his Torah is his meditation day and night. And this man will be planted like a tree over a stream of water. Psalm 1, chapter 6, only five verses later. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked, again, we're following this theme here, this way shall perish. Now, the entire Older Testament, this is fascinating. I just ran across this last night. We'll bring part two to a close here. The entire Older Testament now concludes, of course, with Malachi, this prophecy. We hear a lot about that. When I went through the prophetic movement and all that stuff, boy, we heard about these prophecies all the time. He's going to turn the hearts of the sons towards the fathers and the fathers of the sons and the old and the young and, oh, dreams and visions and all these things. Well, this is in there as well. Then those who feared Yahweh spoke with one another, and Yahweh paid attention. And he heard them. I want to be one of those. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared Yahweh and esteemed his name. He has a name. His name is not G-O-D. And he says this in verse 17. They shall be mine, says Yahweh of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession... Remember Zion that we read about in Isaiah a few moments ago? I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between one who serves Yahweh and one who does not serve him. Okay, a distinction. There are righteous who serve Yahweh and there are wicked who do not. But we have to read to the end. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. 
The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, okay, pause. Again, we have to do this. I want to make this point so clear. Again, so there are wicked. We're hearing about the wicked. We're hearing about judgment. We're hearing about these very harsh things. Okay, but it does continue. But for those of you who fear my name, he has a name. It's not G-O-D. Did I say that? Yes, I did. The Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You, you who fear his name, who are righteous, shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, the lawless, the unrepentant, unrighteous. For they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says Yahweh of hosts. Verse 4, remember the Torah of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of Yahweh comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a a decree of utter destruction. Well, why? For wickedness. For lawlessness, for rebelling against what? The Torah. So why did he say that? Okay, remember the Torah. Okay, and what did David just say? Happy is the one who delights in the Torah of Yahweh Elohim and meditates on it day and night. And then here it is again for a prophesied coming avoidance of judgment. Remember the Torah. The the scriptures are absolutely clear, in my opinion. And we've barely, barely, barely scratched the surface, and we've already read 20-some scriptures. Evil and wickedness is forgetting Father's ways, not loving His Torah, and calling it a burden. (laughs) I believe it grieves His heart, calling it old, outdated. We're in Jesus now. We're in grace. It's all grace. Again, to point us back to our main text, then why are we told in Hebrews that Yeshua became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him? What are we obeying, friend? What are we obeying? I ask most believers that question. Well, you just, you walk like Jesus. You do the Ten Commandments. Okay, and then I start with a question. Well, do you do Seventh-day Sabbath? No, that's for the Jews. Okay, so so is murdering people. That's only for the Jews. There's holes in our beliefs, friend. We have forgotten Father's ways, His statutes, His command. Lawlessness is literally defined biblically by... By those who are wicked. (laughs) There's no way around that. And again, to return to where we started, the wicked do not receive salvation. It is far from them. It's far. It's not in the vicinity. They do not receive Yeshua. And again, what is Yeshua? Yeshua. In Hebrew, (laughs) Yahweh is salvation. How can we receive salvation 
If we don't receive the Father who extended the gift of salvation to us according to His prescribed way, we cannot. As Ezekiel told us, this is what He will do. Torah, stone. Torah, hearts of men, hearts of flesh. Same Torah, different location. So salvation has been extended to all man, all mankind. Yes, amen. Praise the Father. He's good. Slow to wrath. Full of loving kindness. But it is extended through the one who became salvation to all who obey him. We have got to face this, friend.